This podcast contains adult language and mature themes, which may not be suitable for all listeners. So listen at your own fucking risk. Welcome to Essential NPCs, the podcast where we sample some of the best and possibly some of the worst tabletop RPGs. I'm Tommy. And I'm Addie. And you're listening to Series 9, Episode 4, Trail of the Wicked. And we don't have any announcements this week. Just a shout out to all of our fans whom we love. Thank you for listening. And let's move on into Words with the GM. Hello. Hello, GM. Hello. This Words with the GM Hello. is about Series 9, Episode 3, Welcome to the Badlands. And there's a whole lot to unpack from this episode. But the thing that I'm most interested in talking about is something that happens towards the end when Clayton starts using his insight powers. Uh, Insight is something I know that we touched on a little bit um, when we were kind of giving the overview of the world. But now that we've seen them in action, I thought it would be good if we talked a little bit more about them and sort of what went into making them. Well, as we touched on in the intro for episode one, after hundreds of years of living on Manifest, certain people have started to be born or develop, have started to be born with special abilities that have been granted to them by the exposure to the planet's natural resource, luminescence, the extremely rare and potent hard light energy source. Uh, The way this translates to in character creation mechanically is... Players have the option to create an illuminated character by diverting some points that they would spend on their traditional physical and mental attributes to invest them in an attribute called insight. Doing so gives the character access to insight powers and skills. There are two major types of insight powers. There are mentalist and somatic. Clayton has a little mix of both. Mentalist powers tend to be a combination of psychic and psionic abilities, uh, using your luminescent energy to manipulate the world around you, whether it be reading people's minds or using telepathy or telekinesis. Somatic insight powers channel the luminescent energy into the character's body, allowing them uh, to enhance themselves supernaturally. Things like making themselves faster or stronger or melding into the shadows or even teleporting over short distances. Uh, The more you invest in your insight attribute, the more insight powers you can have. And the cool thing is you can pick either mentalist or somatic. They just tie into different skills. So if both of those skills are high, you can you can you can actually have a diverse combination of powers. One of the things that I really like as a player about insight in general uh, is that it's not a spell slinger class. Um, and I know that when you were designing it, you were, you were saying that that's, it's not magic. Uh, and, but it is mystical. Um, these, uh, characters have a little plus, um, a little bit extra that they can do, uh, but at least at the beginning to the detriment of, um, their other skills and attributes. And I, I think that's really interesting not to have like, you know, the, the mage class. You've still got to get along on Manifest uh, using the skills that everybody else has. You just might have a little bit of a leg up. 
Yeah, when you put points into your insight attribute, you gain a resource called shine. And every insight power uses up a certain amount of that shine. Now, shine replenishes a little bit as you rest, uh, but it's designed in a way that you usually are only able to uh, use a, f a handful of insight powers any given day. And as a result, insight powers are kind of built in a way that allow you to do things that no other character can do. And they usually are pretty powerful. Uh, in fact, the more successful dice you roll on an insight test, uh, the more the power scales up. Uh, telepathy being a great example. Uh, if, if Clayton had only gotten one or two hits on that telepathy test, that link that he made would only last a handful of minutes or a handful of hours, but he got a bunch of hits. So it's actually going to last days. Uh, every single insight power kind of scales that way. Uh, so the more illuminated you are, the more effective your insight powers are. But it's like you said, uh, it's in your best interest when making a, an illuminated character to balance out your investment in, in luminescent powers with traditional skills as well. Uh, Clayton's actually a great example of this because his finesse attribute and ranged weapon skill isn't nearly as high as Juliet's. Uh, however, he can enhance himself with his live insight power, which increases his finesse skills uh exponentially, which actually allows him to reach a target number with his ranged weapon skill that Juliet simply can't match with her mundane gear and modifications. And that kind of gives Clayton a little flexibility while allowing him to also have cool things like telepathy that no one else can achieve. But the one thing to keep in mind with illuminated characters is that they're rarely defined by the fact that they are illuminated. There's several paths and histories and manifests, and none of them are the path of the illuminated. There aren't advancement triggers that, that require insight powers. And you can actually have an entire posse of drifters, none of which are illuminated. Uh, that's, that's totally fine. Uh, illuminated people are, are relatively rare and treated with hostility or fear uh, in certain circles because uh, people are still trying to wrap their heads about uh, around what illuminated people are capable of. And some illuminated people lean really heavily on their powers while others just have a, a couple that they do every once in a while to, to buff themselves up. Uh, all of this is to say I, I wanted to create a world with a little bit of mysticism, a little bit of like sci-fi superpowers, but I, I didn't want to create a game in which you needed to have a spellcaster in your group. Uh, insight powers are very cool. Uh, they allow you to do things that you simply cannot do uh, with gear and talents. There's even a talent tree that is specifically dedicated to enhancing an illuminated person's uh, powers and abilities. But the powers and abilities are designed in a way uh, as to avoid what some other RPGs do, where the mystical spellcaster type characters like the solution to 90% of the problems. An illuminated character will add a significant amount of utility to your group without outclassing the other characters and making them feel underpowered in any way. But insight powers are very cool, and we're going to see a lot more of them uh, moving forward as Clayton continues to reveal the things he's capable of doing. But there were plenty of other things that happened in the last episode that were really cool, and I want to know what your favorite part was, Addie. Uh, my favorite part was actually towards the beginning. Um, I really find Roman's character, Badlands Pete, just really intriguing, even as he was making him. Um, kind of the idea of making uh, a tall tale is 
something I would never think of. And so having the opportunity to shoot the shit, Juliet gets to learn something about Badlands Pete. Um, and the, we, we do learn about his, his brother a little bit and his family, but at the end she's still a little perplexed as to like exactly how many of the stories that she's heard, uh, have truth to them. Um, and, uh, and, and Roman has just been excellent at, at playing that, to perfection. Um, and so that's my favorite part, just learning about Badlands Pete and then being like, wait, what? No, but yes, it was fun when we were playing it and it was fun when listening to it. Uh, but what about you? What's your favorite part? My favorite part is actually a moment with Juliet. Uh, as the fight broke out and the Walden gang ambushed the camp, um, the other characters jumped to their feet and immediately looked for uh, an enemy to engage with and take down. And then Juliet's turn comes or came around and she stood up and looked for an ally to protect. Uh, and I loved that. I loved that she, that Juliet kind of looked up, uh, the fight was going on. She's like, I go to the nearest friendly tent I can to try and find someone who needs to be like protected and saved. And then she kind of, uh, over the course of uh, doubling down or over the course of her turns and doubling down to gain an extra turn, she she like kind of like just moves from tent to tent, picking up all the NPCs and saving them as she does. And it was like one of the most gunslingery uh, moments uh, thus far in the campaign uh, because I I created the gun, the path of the gunslinger specifically um, with this notion of like these kind of revered noble characters that can be a little terrifying in their uh, cold ability to just like end an evil person's <laughs> life. But uh, at the same time, like they're in like that gunslinger instinct of like immediately being like, there's people here who can't fight. I need to go fight for them uh, was just like, Oh, I just, it just made me so happy to see that happen. And almost every time she pulled the trigger, uh, a bad guy went down. Oh, it was great. I loved it. Favorite moment. Definitely. But not everyone was saved from the Walden Brothers gang. As we learned, uh, Susan Taylor, a.k.a. Eliza Valancourt, was the target of the Walden Brothers all along, and she was kidnapped. And the four of you have began a journey to the West to try to find and rescue Eliza Valancourt. Um, and I want to see what happens. So let's go ahead and move on in and listen to Series 9, Episode 4, Trail of the Wicked. Enjoy. Greetings. I'm Clayton Sawyer. You may not have heard of me, but I'm one of the best bounty hunters in the Badlands. I got a few advantages, you see. First is sugar. My Ache. And even though I only found her a few years back, my best friend. She was the runner for a herd and probably couldn't keep up and was cast out. And I know how that feels. So me and her bonded, and she grew up right with me stepping in as her daddy. The second edge I got, hunting bounties, is that I'm illuminated, and my abilities grant me an advantage that most of the nastiest outlaws ever got bounty can't compete with. The thing about being illuminated is that those same abilities that give me all those powers and advantages are also unsubtle to most folk. They can understand a gun or a knife, but they can't quite figure the threat someone like me might be to them. That's why me and Shug are always moving, hunting, and on to the next bounty, leaving people behind before they can make us get. One day, me and Shug are going to pull in a big bounty, and we'll make enough to settle into our own homestead where we can be ourselves and ain't nobody going to try to drive us away again. We'll wrestle cattle, do some farming, and live a quiet life on our own little slice of the Badlands. 
Howdy, folks. Name's Roy Hampton. Now I know what you're thinking. How did such a dashing young man come to be robbing you today? Well, you get to handing over your spurs, and I'll tell you what's what. I grew up in a factory town with my mamas Helen and Kate. Helen was a kind, quiet lady, kept her head down to raise me best as she could. But Mama Kate, she was the kind of woman who couldn't help but stand up for us, even when we weren't asking. In the city, there's two kinds of folks. The family, and people paying the family. And Mama Kate wasn't about to be either. Problem is, when you're standing up to a planetary crime syndicate, you and yours are liable to end up in the dirt. So when the Jimmies came to our home, my mamas held them off long enough for me to escape. After that, thieving wasn't a choice. It was survival. Now, miss, you ain't gonna get to that holdout before I loose this arrow. Just sit tight. We're almost through. See, turns out I got a knack for this life. Key is to always have the advantage. Never pick a fair fight. Second trick is to rob folks that can afford to lose it. And there ain't nobody richer than the family. There was a time I was hitting the family so hard I was taking enough spurs to live like a king. Trouble is, family ain't inclined to let robbery of that magnitude slide. Hence the 800 spur bounty on my head. Now I know y'all are feeling a few spurs short, but look on the bright side. Next time you throw a fancy shindig, you can tell the story of the time you were robbed by Roy Hampton, legendary outlaw. Y'all have a nice day now. Howdy. Folks around here call me Badlands Pete. You might have heard some tales about me. About how I use a rattler as a lasso, or how I ride a ball tail cat. Maybe you heard the one about how I punched the peak off of the tallest mountain of Manifest. <laughs> now I ain't saying those stories are true. But I, I ain't saying they ain't. See, when I was a youngin', my parents decided the factory town life was getting to be too much factory and not enough town. So they packed us up and headed toward the freedom of the Badlands. Not too long after we crossed into the wilds, I wandered off after a working pup, my parents up, and left me behind. It was alright, because that pup's pack only took me in. It raised me, taught me how to be a survivor, just like them. And my brother Tommy, I'm sorry, Thomas, well, he came looking for me years later. He took me back to the big city with him, cleaned me up, and reminded me how to speak, and tried to help me back into civilized life. But I reckon after 20 years in the wild, the wild's in you for good. And it kept calling me. Before long, I, I found myself headed back to where I knew was home. Now I travel the Badlands, and folks can't seem to help but tell another story about me everywhere I go. You're welcome to come along, see if I live up to the legend. Because you see, the Badlands are my home. I reckon I ain't leaving them again anytime soon. My name is Juliet Hunt, and I've been a drifter nearly my whole life. My parents were killed by bandits when I was far too young. I only survived because a gunslinger named Avery came along and rescued me. Being that I was an orphan, he took me under his wing and taught me to shoot like him. Passed on the craft like a father to a daughter. After Avery died, I drifted alone for a time until happenstance brought me to Cyrus Finch. He's loud, flashy, full of cockamamie ideas, and occasionally a criminal. And I, I ain't any of those things. We ended up drifting together a long while and gotten to mourn a few situations we never saw coming, including getting hitched. 
Like all drifters that live past their prime, we eventually hung up our irons, and we settled down in a nice little town in the Badlands. Now, I ain't so retired that I won't oblige somebody who's in desperate need of a bullet, and Cyrus has to sate his itch to run a grift from time to time, but by our standards, it's a quiet kind of life. For a long while, it was a pleasant life, until Cyrus up and disappeared without a word. Now, he ain't the most communicative individual, but I just got this gut feeling that something ain't right, and Avery taught me better than to ignore my gut. So I've closed up shop, took up my irons, and set out drifting again. My Cyrus is out there somewhere, and I'm gonna find him. And when I do, oh boy, he better be in need of saving. Otherwise, he's in trouble. The last time we left our drifters, they had made it through the mountains and into the Badlands, uh, and were mere hours away from Waypoint when they set up camp. During the night, the Walden Brothers gang returned, uh, setting fire to the camp and nearby thickets to smoke them out and cover uh, their assault as they attacked the camp from all angles and managed to kidnap Susan Taylor and mortally wound Joseph Taylor, who revealed that those names, Susan Taylor and Joseph Taylor, were fabrications to cover their true identities. The woman they knew as Susan Taylor is, in fact, Eliza Valancourt, of the prominent Valancourt name. And the man they knew as Joseph Taylor is, in fact, not her father, but her bodyguard, Victor Davies, who was gut shot and bleeding to death uh, in order to both save his life and increase their chances of finding and rescuing Eliza. They loaded Victor onto Clayton's Ache sugar and got the rest of the passengers on the various mounts and vehicles they had on hand and sent them north towards waypoint. Meanwhile, the four drifters, Badlands Pete, Juliet Hunt, Clayton Sawyer and Roy Hampton turned their sights west and began to follow the trail of the Walden Brothers gang with the hopes of finding and rescuing Eliza Valancourt before it's too late. So the sun is just beginning to rise, and uh, Badlands Pete picked up the trail, so you guys can begin your journey west. I'll, uh, I'll keep monitoring the tracks and the trail. Uh, for now, the trail is relatively easy to follow, There were quite a few of them uh, all moving in this direction. Uh, Hard to say, again, exactly how many, but they were on horseback, and and you see the occasional burn from, like, a hover bike. So right now, it's it's just walking west for you guys. So I'm going to attempt to repair my armor. It got completely wrecked in that last fight. Actually, Clayton, if if you like, I can uh, give you a hand with that. I ain't too shabby with the... With machinery and guns and armor. Bring it on over here. I do so. All right. There's a point where Pete's kind of re- re-catching the trail, uh, and you're all kind of stopped for a moment. Juliet, go ahead and roll machinery. While she's working on that, I can help Pete catch the trail again. I have three successes. Okay. That's six armor points back to your armor, Clayton. Uh, while, while I see Juliet sort of repairing the armor, I will like sort of sheepishly get in line 
<laughs> I do not have any cubes of my own, but I do have this armor. And as you can see here, there are holes in sort of key points where I was shot with a shotgun at about 12 feet away. <laughs> <laughs> Come on over here, Roy, and I'll take out one of my machinery cubes and use it on Roy. Uh, I got five hits. Uh, yeah, well, um, Roy, your armor is repaired eight armor points, if it has that many armor points. It does not. All right, well, then it maxes out. <laughs> uh, thank you very much. You see, uh, when I used to get shot at a whole lot back in my younger days, I, uh, I learned how to patch up armor pretty good. This stuff is actually the same stuff I wore right back then. I tend to not start fights uh, where I am in danger of being shot, generally. Okay. <laughs> so while Juliet's patching Clayton and Roy's armor, um, Clayton, you said you were off uh, armorless with Pete looking uh, looking around to pick up the trail a second time? Yep. Go ahead uh, and roll to assist Pete. And Pete, however many hits Clayton gets will be a positive modifier to your survival test. Well, that's three hits. All right, so that's uh, an additional plus three to you, Pete. All right. I got three hits. Yeah, you, you're able to pick up the trail again. Uh, it's still continuing generally west, but it kind of they kind of took a, a, a slight turn, and they're continuing on just a little to the north. And so you guys pick up the trail, continue moving on. It takes a good long while. You guys are, are uh, moving as quickly as you can, I'm assuming. Sure. Then I'm going to need everyone really quick to roll uh, an athletics or an endure test uh, to just kind of resist the fatigue of being winded by the constant kind of jog slash run you're doing to uh, to catch up with these much faster bandits. If you got two or more hits, you are okay. Um, but if you got one hit, you take two fatigue damage. And if you got no hits, you will take four fatigue damage. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and spend two grit to play to the gallery and not get zero hits on this. You guys look and see Roy. He's he's like winded. He's, you guys have been like kind of like endurance running uh, to try and catch up. And, and Roy is like gasping for air a little bit. You know, in a city, they got roads <laughs> and you could drive places. <laughs> yeah, well, I ain't never been hit by a car out here in the Badlands. Wow, no wonder you're so easy to catch. All right, I weren't easy to catch, okay? <laughs> Just give me <laughs> give me a minute to catch my breath. Uh, I'll uh, I'll walk over and hand him a healing tonic. Uh, here, uh, take this; it'll help. And I'll I hand you my uh, my tier one healing tonic. Uh, yeah, if you drink that, Roy, you'll heal up three hit points. All right, yeah, thanks. And uh, drink this tonic. Uh, what are the side effects, Pete? Yeah, it should help. You might see things for a while that ain't actually there uh if you have any questions just point it out to one of us and we'll we'll make sure it's real or not wait did you is this drugs badlands p are you a drug dealer <laughs> it's natural ain't it <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah so you have the side effect hallucination that is a long lasting side effect um so <laughs> for a handful of hours roy you will have problems telling exactly what is real and what is a hallucination. Uh, you guys continue on traveling forward. Uh, Pete, uh, Juliet, and possibly Clayton, depending on how 
much your how much you operate in the uh, Badlands, you kind of get a sense of where you're heading. You you think you you know there's a town this way, uh, a town called Bitterhook, and uh, you can actually kind of on the horizon see it coming up. Roy, you you start seeing carrion, large carrion birds uh, flying overhead, kind of circling around. It seems like just you. Oh hell! Well, that that's ominous. That seems ominous. I move stealthily to avoid the birds' watchful gaze. <laughs> they seem to be following you the whole time. Uh, anyone who looks over towards Roy, he's looking up at nothing a lot. <laughs> you see that, Pete? Um, he's fine. I just healed him. All right, and uh, yeah, you guys start closing in on the town of Bitterhook. As far as you can tell, the trail leads to there. Um, but the closer you get to Bitterhook, the more messed up the trail gets as, you know, traffic in and out of town starts interfering with what you can follow. Uh, you're pretty sure the bandits were heading to Bitterhook, but you don't, you're, you know that you're going to lose them by the time you get there because it's, you're not going to be able to track them through this, uh, through the town. Well, shit. Hey, Roy. What? What? Hey. Yeah. What's up? Uh, looks like you're, you're going to have to do the tracking from here. Let's uh let's head on in and see what people know. Oh yeah, okay. Um, uh, vultures don't usually attack towns, right? That ain't a thing. Uh, do I notice him looking up? Yeah, I mean, you you know he's been looking up worriedly at nothing for a little while. Sure. Oh, I'll get him out of here. For hey, go on, get get out of here. <laughs> Just hope that sort of clears up the hallucination. At least it makes him feel better. <laughs> Roy, uh, you you look up and like the birds kind of scatter, but they're they're still on the horizon. All right, vultures don't attack towns. That ain't a thing. I'm confident in that now. <laughs> the town of Bitterhook is a pretty modest settlement uh, with just one main road passing through the town uh, and just a couple uh, residential buildings on like that aren't directly on that main road. The staple long-range communications tower of Manifest's settlements is stationed on the easternmost side of Bitterhook, Um, though it looks like their LRC tower is currently under some form of construction. It may not be fully operational at this point. Most of the buildings in Bitterhook look like they've been here as long as the town has. Uh, They're sturdy but worn and aged by the elements. Pretty standard for for Badlands settlements. But strangely, a handful of buildings in town kind of stand out as looking newer. They're not brand new. They're a little worn, but less so. Some of them even still have relatively vibrant paint on the outside. Those of you who call the Badlands home can roll a lore check. And those of you who come to the Badlands every once in a while can roll a lore check at like a minus three. I got one hit. I got nothing. This ain't my part of the Badlands, namely town. I got nothing either. So, Juliet, you know that Bitterhook was one of many Badlands towns targeted during the Proto-Martyr Crisis 15 years ago, uh, where a fanatic group of very technologically advanced cultists rose up in the Badlands with the notion of purging it of all of its residents so they could rebuild a more structured technological utopia in its place. They were mostly disbanded and beaten down, um, 
though during their time they did manage to level many Badlands settlements and, uh, and towns, and even went so far as to to lay siege to San Cordero at one point, a battle that you in particular uh, took part in. That I did. So these new, the damaged LRC tower being rebuilt and the relatively newer looking buildings are just scars of the battle against the proto-martyrs from long ago. And uh, yeah, you guys roll into town on foot. You've lost complete track of the bandits. Uh, you don't know where they've gone. As soon as you get near the edge of town, it's just, you know, traffic in and out of town. You can't really follow it. The town has... Many of the staples of uh, of a settlement of a badland settlement. There's uh, the LRC tower, uh, local laundry, general goods. There's uh, a pretty large inn, uh, the sheriff's office, a bank, uh, and of course a saloon. Based on my earlier role uh, to have knowledge about this Walden gang, do I have an inkling about? Uh, what direction they might have gone out of town or perhaps anyone they might know in town. You can roll uh, connections at a minus four. Uh, that's one hit. Okay. Um, you you don't know if they've hit up Bitterhook in specific. You definitely don't know if they have like a safe house here or anything like that. And you certainly don't know where they would go from Bitterhook. Uh, again, the Badlands isn't really your stomping grounds. So uh, you're kind of in, in uncharted territory as far as your knowledge base goes. But you know that, you know, they like to gamble. They like to drink. They're bandits through and through. So the saloon's always a good call because if they pass through Bitterhook, if not one of the Walden brothers, probably at least some of the gang would have stopped at the saloon for a few rowdy drinks, maybe maybe the pleasure of the flesh, uh, or to play at some of the card tables if they have if they have such things here. Well, uh, real quick before we like really get into this town proper, I will duck behind a building. Uh, wearing my, you know, combat stealth armor and uh, come out from behind that building wearing my social town armor for talking to folks. Yeah, he changes his, his uh, uh, basically changes from uh, kind of light, stealthy leathers to uh, more armored clothing. And he, and he looks rather smart. I wipe my hands on my pants. <laughs> Yeah, you, you guys start walking down the main strip. There are people uh, walking around, uh, like exiting the general store, moving into uh, a nearby uh, restaurant that actually has some outdoor seating. You guys walk by the stable master who is uh, brushing the hair of some horses. And um, uh, are you heading towards the saloon? Uh, absolutely. As we do, Pete buttons the uh, bottom two buttons of his shirt as a show of formality. <laughs> Well, while they're doing that, I'm going to see if I can get Sugar to come back here, because I imagine we'll be in town for a bit. Uh, yeah, you reach out with your thoughts, and uh, and you hear the voice of Francis Gibson in your head. He says, uh, oh, hi, um, we've made it to Waypoint. Um, the doctor here is looking after Victor. Um, every, everyone here is is kind of stepped up to, to help us. Uh, the, the innkeeps have given some rooms to uh, the tired, uh, at least for, for a spell. The, the sheriff said he was going to send out uh, LRCs to all the neighboring settlements to keep an eye out for the Walden gang. But 
What is, what is it you need? I just want to let Sugar know where we're at and where to meet her. What was it called? Bitterhook? Yeah, Bitterhook. Can you have her come to the stables here? I know she's safe. He says, um, the, uh, uh, the DeCastros, the, the, the stable masters here are, are looking after her and the other animals right now. I can, I can speak with them. Yeah. Do, do you require anything else? Uh, well, if they could send Sadie, that'd be great. But, uh, I don't think we need too many horses or, or mounts, do we? It ain't like, uh, we can bring Roy's, uh, motorcycle here so or they can't so uh, i think maybe just uh sadie and sugar and then we can go two up sure i visibly deflate a little bit but nod <laughs> francis speaks up in your head one more t- uh once again saying i'll i'll arrange it with the decastras then and thank you and good luck thank you uh and so you you walk up to the stable master here yeah yeah He's a, about a middle-aged guy, uh, has big old handlebar mustache, uh, uh, short cropped hair. Um, he's, he's brushing a, a horse right now. The stable's relatively small here. Um, there's just a couple, uh, a couple of horses and a couple vehicles parked here. And uh, he looks up uh, and kind of like sets down his brush and wipes his hands on his apron and goes, Howdy, folks. Howdy. Do you all... Uh... Look after Achi. Achi, I, I, I don't know. They're they're a little rambunctious, you know. Get the other animals a little spooked. Oh, mine's mine's super sweet. Even named her Sugar. Uh, he kind of like grins at that and looks a little speculative, and then he looks around. And he goes, "I ain't seen her. Where's she at?" Oh, oh, she'll be coming into town soon. Don't worry about those details. I'm just. Can I just go ahead and pay you now to take her in? Uh, she should have a horse with her too. He kind of like hooks his thumb in his belt and looks at you and kind of sizes the four of you up a little bit. Uh, his eyes linger on Badlands Pete just a little longer than the rest of you. Uh, and then he goes, all right, you say she's coming back, what, from like a hunt or something? That's fine. Uh, she rolls into town. Uh, if she rolls into town and, uh, and behaves herself, um, I can tether her up here, uh, look after her, give her, give her some feed. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, it's going to cost you five spurs. Which you know to be a bit high. You think it might have something to do with him being less than comfortable with an Ache just rolling into town un- uh, without its without a handler. Yeah, that's fine. You don't know me, but you'll love her once you meet her. Well, that just remains to be seen now, don't it? But money talks, and he uh, reaches out with his hand, and I place five spurs in it. Not a fond doing business with you. I'll take good care of her. She is good uh, as well behaved as you said. Uh, what's your name, sir? Clayton Sawyer. Gus Crane. And he reaches out his, his hand to shake yours. And I shake it. I'll probably know when she shows up. I'll check back in if I don't hear anything. All right. Fair enough. Uh, he nods and uh, moves back to take care of the horse. All right. We head to this saloon. Okay. You walk almost three quarters the length of the town to get to where the saloon is. It's placed directly across from the inn and uh, you walk on in pushing open the doors. There's not a huge crowd in here right now, given that it's very early in the morning. There's uh, the barkeep behind the bar. You see uh, uh, a couple prostitutes hanging out by the side. They kind of straighten up and uh, stop like leaning so much when they see you. And there's... A couple gentlemen uh, uh, 
eating what looks like uh, some eggs for breakfast uh, at one of the smaller tables. Uh, I will head on up to the bar, take a take a seat, put a spur down for a round of drinks. Uh, the bartender uh, looks to you. She's her age is hard to place. She might be like in her twenties or thirties. Uh, she's rather attractive, has a full head of dark black hair, tanned skin and green eyes. She saunters over, uh, pulls one of the spur or pulls the spur, uh, into her hand and, uh, looks at the four of you and says, nice to meet you. I'm Rosita Vega. What can I get you? It's a pleasure to meet you, Rosita. My name's Roy. Uh, round of drinks for me and my friends, uh, whatever's best. She nods at that and uh, uh, grabs a uh, a bottle, puts out four glasses, and pours four whiskeys. So uh, we're we're in town. Uh, sort of been hired to uh, to find somebody. Uh, Might have come through town, maybe uh, against her will, as it were. A young woman, about eighteen to twenty, blonde hair, blue eyes. Uh, suspect the uh, the Walden gang done took her. Uh, you hear about anything like that, Rosita? Oh, you know, honey, there's a few people who come in through town. Uh, uh, hard to keep track of all of them. Uh, whenabouts did this happen? Oh, this probably would have been last night. Maybe very early this morning. Rowdy crowd last night. Um, maybe uh, uh, I could jog my memory, but I might need some incentive. Before she finishes her sentence, I put a spur on the bar and heavily roll my eyes at her. <laughs> uh, she smiles and and, uh, and takes it and and says... Thank you kindly, ma'am. For a job well done. Flat face. I don't remember seeing a, a lady of your description. No young ladies uh, that weren't here of their own accord. That's for sure. None of them quite so young. Uh, the townsfolk here and, the, and drifters coming through get a little rambunctious in the evenings. And uh, last night was no exception. We did have some people come through town, though. Walden Brothers gangs? It's just, it's just so hard to recall if that's, if that's who they were. Uh, I take a pistol and, uh, just put it on the bar. She, she looks at the pistol, looks at you and says, that ain't a way to run a business, honey. I'm just taking off my stuff, you know, heavy and all that. She looks to, to Roy and raises an eyebrow. Listen, I understand how it goes, right? You're trying to run a successful saloon and, uh, you, you got people coming in here asking about your clientele. You're trying to keep them, you know, discreet. I get it. So uh, I take a spur out and I set it down and I do not take my fingers off it. This is yours uh, when I can verify anything you've said here today. Believe me, my word is my bond. I'll come back and pay you for a job well done indeed. Uh, Go ahead and roll manipulate. Uh, My high is a 12. Hers is a 10. That's two net hits. She nods at that, giving another glance towards Juliet and her gun, and says, Now, I didn't see uh, Charlie or Harry come into the saloon. That don't mean they weren't in town. You could talk to the innkeep across the street. Uh, Alan McBride's his name. Uh, he'd, uh, he'd know if they checked in there, perhaps. If they came through town, they left mighty early, because uh, them boys and girls that stayed here last night from the Walden Brothers gang, they left real quick. That tracks with what uh what we know uh what's going on here. Uh, thank you very much, and we will we will most certainly be back to uh complete our transaction, as it were. I expect it, honey. I never forget a face. I suspect you don't. Now get up and start to leave. 
Uh, I will follow Roy. I will also accidentally knock my my drink over, hopefully spilling over towards her. Oops. As you as you walk out, uh, she calls out. I understand tensions are high. Everyone gets one, but you watch yourself in my establishment, young lady. <laughs> She's markedly just a little younger than you, for sure. <laughs> cool. I'm about halfway, uh, halfway to the door, and I turn around. Uh, don't try my guns or anything like that. Uh, and I say as loud as possible, I'd say the same to you. You see, we came in here looking for a sweet innocent girl that's been taken by bandits who could be doing most terrible things to her, uh, things that I'm sure you could imagine and worse. And uh, instead of being helpful, you've decided to extort money from otherwise paying customers in order to get an extra spur or two out of the deal. Uh, so I guess your uh, opinion of life is that uh, it's worth two spurs. So uh, I hope everybody knows here exactly who you are and what you ain't. She she takes the, the berating like coolly and goes, never do anything for free is my policy. I wish you luck on your righteous journey. And then uh, goes to put the spurs in the cash register. Uh, the two patrons at the uh, in the corner are like sitting there watching you wide eyed and looking at Rosita wide eyed. I got four spurs and five machinery cubes, and anybody who likes to go find another place to eat and drink, uh, happy to pay for that. Uh, they sit there for a second, and they look over towards Rosita, and then they just kind of give you like the subtlest, like, we're, we're good. Like, they don't want any trouble. All right. I see where you guys uh, fall on the line of caring about your fellow man and not. If uh, anybody ever asks uh, for help for you, I hope you get better than you give. And I walk out. Well, I, I weren't planning on coming back to give her the spur anyways. But uh, now I don't think she will be expecting us. So, thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't about her getting paid. It's about it's about not being a shit. The Badlands are hard enough as it is. And you guys make your way into the inn? Yeah. Uh, you walk in. It's... Uh, got a, a very kind of small almost cramped lobby with like a, a desk uh, a little bit too big for it where the innkeep is uh, and right next to that there's a, a narrow staircase um, kind of going up to what you presume is the uh, the second floor the innkeep looks up when he sees you kind of like marks the four of you and goes howdy uh, I will turn to Juliet and sort of under my breath just say hey would you mind just like hanging back for a minute uh, I look at Roy, knowing what he's asking, having been asked this a lot by my husband uh, when he does the talking, and uh, and I say, I'm standing right here. All right. Thanks. Same team. Same team. Uh, and I will, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I will head up to this innkeep. Uh, howdy. Uh, my name is uh, Roy. Now, uh, I don't know if you heard the commotion across the street there a minute ago, but uh, uh, this woman right here is a uh, capital G gunslinger. Uh, we are looking for a woman, might have come through here, uh, kidnapped, as it were, by the Walton gang. So uh, if you got any information regarding that, I don't know how long we can keep this conversation civil if you're going to run me around in circles before she does her thing. 
Uh, go ahead and roll manipulate at a minus two. Can I help? Yeah, yeah Juliet, you can help. Uh, you can roll intimidate at a plus two. Okay. Once again, I'm underestimated. <laughs> <laughs> no hits. Uh, my high is a nine. His is an eight. All right, I got one net hit. He looks around and goes, uh, I mean, I, I know the Walden brothers, uh, sir. They've come through town every once in a while, and they always cause trouble when they do. Uh, they ain't no friends of mine. They didn't stay here. They came through last night for sure. A uh, couple of them couple of them hit up the saloon uh, in the general store, as as it were. Um, no, no, no one checked in here tonight, uh, that night though. They, they passed through town after just a couple hours. Uh, you got any idea where they might be heading on their way out of town? Well, uh, I was off duty when they left town and they continued heading west as far as I could tell. Ain't much out west from Bitterhook. Uh, settlements start getting pretty sparse, uh, at that point. It becomes a little more, uh, open, uh, honestly, a uh, only only place worth going to to the west of us, uh, assuming they ain't they ain't gonna make a a, a left turn or something, uh, would be Tobias Station. Uh, how far is that out of town? Tobias, it's a couple days ride, perhaps. Well, all right, sir, you've been quite helpful. I appreciate you being forthcoming. I uh, I would not like to have seen what would have happened had you hadn't. And I like look over my shoulder at, at Juliet. And these bands of murderers at her side. <laughs> he goes, uh, I mean, Walden brothers bring trouble into town. They can take it out when they leave, I think. All right. You have a nice day, sir. I'll head out the inn. Uh, one more place to check, I think. Uh, it sounds like this Tobias station, a couple days west out of town, is our best lead. Uh, start walking us towards the general store. As you as you guys kind of leave the uh, leave the inn, um, uh, you see someone exiting the saloon. It's one of the two gentlemen who is uh, eaten in the corner. Uh, he looks around and sees you guys. Um, he's a he's somewhat elderly. Uh, he's got a bit of a beer gut, um, a, a scraggly, only half kept beard, thinning white hair, uh, and he kind of has a limp as he like approaches you. Not a really heavy limp, but you can see he's like he's got a little bit of a bum leg, and uh, he like looks uh, looks around as he like kind of hurries towards you and like raises up. He's like, uh, excuse me, excuse me. Uh, yes, sir. He looks at you, Juliet, and he goes, I, I, I heard what you said. Uh, the, them Walden boys taking someone innocent. I, I can't sleep right. knowing I ain't done my part, done my duty as, as a, as a decent person. They, they was in town. I, I didn't see the girl you mentioned, but, uh, I was in the saloon that night and I heard them talking a bit before they left. And, and well, and he looks around and he goes, I, I think a few of them are still in town. They's talking about how someone might come come around and mention mention them drifters. I assume that's you four. And said uh, to to set up an ambush. A couple of them was going to stay. And then I, I heard it. I was, you know, heavily in my cups at the time. I wasn't so sure when I heard it. But that speech you gave, it it done sobered up my memory. And, and well, uh, as far as I know... They're still around here somewhere. Uh, I don't. I don't know rightly where, but I'd keep a look over your shoulder. Maybe they camped outside town, saw you come in. I don't know, but as far as I know, they they's expecting you at least, and and might be thinking something underhanded. I appreciate everything you've done. Uh, thank you, sir. And I reach into my pocket to to pull out a spur. 
and I, I'll hand it to him. Uh, he, he backs away from it. He goes, no, ma'am, no, please, please. Just trying to do right by that, by that young lady. I hope you find her nice and safe. Thank you. We do, too. Uh, as soon as he said ambush, I like sort of swear under my breath and realize I've forgotten to do the thing that every legendary outlaw should do when coming into a new town is case the joint and see where a good ambush spot would be. <laughs> uh, can I uh, try and see where we, we might be about to get jumped from? Yeah, go ahead and roll observe. Um, I mean, are you walking around or are you just kind of like from this point in town trying to look around? Uh, just from this point in town at this moment. This is like during the conversation. Sure. Uh, go ahead and roll it at a minus two then, given the stationary vantage point. Can I do so as well? I would have uh, also been very interested to know where people are coming at to beat us up. Sure. Go ahead and roll at a minus two. Hey, Clayton. Yes. I don't know how sensitive of a subject it is, but um, you know how you got your shine? I, I knew I knew some people once who had had it and uh and uh they could sometimes like find people and i was wondering if maybe uh maybe that wouldn't if you could do that that wouldn't be like the most terrible thing to to do right now if we're about to be ambushed i mean i don't know can you can you do that i don't know what you can do actually is there a is there a high up point like a clock tower or something? Uh, well, there's uh, L- the LRC tower uh, that is under construction. It's got scaffolding going up quite a ways. I'm going to use my clairvoyance at uh, the highest point I can see on this LRC tower. We'll get a good look on the town. Sure. Uh, from where you're standing, that that's uh, that's about moderate range, so it will only cost you four shine. Well, I got four successes on that. <laughs> So I now have a sight over the whole town, 360 degrees from that high point in the LRC tower. You also get a plus four to observe tests. So uh, while Roy and Pete are kind of glancing around and Juliet and that gentleman is walking away from Juliet, Juliet suggests this. And Juliet, you watch as uh, Clayton's eyes close for a second. And then that kind of gold light appears almost in like a, a vein-like pattern around his eyes. And then he opens them, and they're glowing yellow. And Clayton, your consciousness and your sight zooms up to the top of that LRC tower, uh, and you get a very good view around. So you can roll observe at a plus four. Um, and Roy and Pete, what did you guys get? I got one hit, uh, five. My high is an eight. I got three hits. So Pete, uh, you're looking around. You see like a couple alleys in between the buildings. There could be trouble there. You don't see anyone like, you know, lurking in like a shadow, keeping an eye on you or anything like that. Uh, you look down in the direction of the uh, the general store and you notice that the sign on it is flipped to close. Roy, you, you kind of get like a similar thing from where you're standing. You look around and you kind of, uh, the one thing that kind of stands out as a little odd is that uh, the general store is closed right now. Clayton, what did you get? I got one success. And what's the highest? Nine. So uh, you see the entire town of Bitterhook from this location and like the surrounding territory. And there's kind of a a rocky hill to the north of Bitterhook. And uh, as you're looking around, uh, one thing catches your eye. You can't quite like see from the distance uh, exactly what's there, but you see a glint of light 
And as you look a little bit more, you see it a couple more times. And uh, being a, a bounty hunter and a mercenary yourself, you're pretty sure that's the light of the sun bouncing off a scoped weapon of some kind. I'll uh, snap back to it, back to uh, my body, and inform everybody of the sniper setup on, on a hill north of here. Uh, would that give them a good shot at sort of the front door area of the general store? It absolutely would. The general store is on the south side of the street and is facing that hill. All right. Well, uh, bad news. Walden Brothers Gang has set up an ambush at the general store. Good news. It's a pretty basic ambush. It doesn't seem like they've really covered all the angles or really thought out all the possibilities for how this job could go sideways. So I think we got a pretty good jump on them. Uh, One second. And I will duck behind uh, an alley and come out wearing my ready-to-fight armor. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to use lithe. Three successes. So plus two for long effect. All right. So for the next handful of hours, uh, you have that that bonus. You guys see as that light leaves Clayton's eyes and kind of like courses down uh, through his body, kind of pulsing a little bit. And then uh, uh, almost like a a little lightning storm inside uh, his muscles and and fingertips. And then uh, and then it like kind of subsides. Roy, uh, you're uh, kind of looking around. You see that kind of glow and then you look over Clayton's shoulder and you swear you see his shadow uh begin to walk away from him and and then and then you and then you look around and your your shadow is walking away and juliet's shadow is walking away everyone's shadow is leaving right now (laughs) all right maybe maybe that's what luminescence does that makes sense it's luminescent that's light drives shadows away all this tracks i think have i mentioned i have two reasoning (laughs) (laughs) pete juliet uh, you guys notice as Roy is like he, he was his attention was like at the hill and at the uh, general store and now he's like staring at the ground and and looking at, at like the ground like wide eyed a little bit. <laughs> All right, well Clayton, you going to take care of that guy in the hills? Sure am. Roy. Uh, yeah. What's up? Focus. Uh, what? Hmm. Okay. <laughs> what's what's go- what's going on? Uh, We're in the middle of an ambush. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. What? Uh, uh, it don't matter where your shadow is when you in an ambush. Uh, yeah, let's go get those guys in the hill. <laughs> okay. Oh, um, I was thinking, well, maybe Clayton could take care of that guy, and the rest of us could go around the back of the general store and uh, catch him by surprise. We could do that too. You're you're the ambush guy. We know that there are people in the in the general store. Sorry, I haven't been updated. Well, the general store is closed. Uh, I reckon, given their setup of an ambush, if I were an owner of a general store, I wouldn't close at sort of the height of business hours uh, unless uh, I was under the threat of violence of some kind. In that case, I'm actually going to pop my my tonic for plus one muscle skills. Okay. Pete pops open the cork off a a bottle and and, uh, uh, sips sips a liquid. Uh, Pete, you will have a plus one to all your muscle skills as a short-lived effect. So that's a handful of minutes. All right. So, Clayton, you're... I'm going to go take care of that sniper. It's okay. going to make your jobs much easier. You be careful. Oh, I will. And uh, I guess we'll uh, go around back. All right. So standing there in the middle of the street, you guys notice the sniper definitely has a vantage point on you right now. 
So you're going to have to try and like move to a position where he loses line of sight and then make your way to your respective goals without him noticing where you are. Uh, so this will take an opposed sneak test for everybody. All right. You guys are trying to beat an eight. Oh, I do that. I also do that. I uh, play to the gallery and do that. <laughs> uh, I got two net hits over an eight. And if I think I can do so quietly, I would actually like to to try to get up to the, the second floor and come down the stairs so we got him ambushed. So you guys kind of move in using the inn as a, as a block between uh, you and this hill. And then uh, Clayton goes one way and the other three kind of break off and, and make their way like across the street, kind of darting, uh, trying to keep the buildings in between them and that hill line of sight wise. And now uh, you're kind of sneaking on the uh, off the main strip of town uh, behind the buildings. Uh, there's a couple homes that you kind of sneak by and kind of use for cover. Uh, and you start getting closer towards the general store. Meanwhile, Clayton, you kind of swing wide around. And all of you guys are able to communicate telepathically and, and be uh, aware of everyone's like position and how far they've made. So you can kind of coordinate this pretty well. And Clayton, you kind of get off to the to the side of that hill. It takes you a little bit of time. Everyone's kind of has to wait a little bit as you stealthily make your way there. And then you start moving up uh, along the side of the hill. And the rest of you kind of get up behind the general store. Um, and Juliet, you said you wanted to try and hop up to a second story window? If at all possible, yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, Pete's rather strong and can definitely give you a boost. So I'm not going to make you roll for it. Um, he can kind of lift you up to it. Uh, and the second story window is open, so you can just slide that right up and stealthily make your way in. It's a, it's like a small, almost studio apartment that you've entered. It's pretty messy, small little bed, little musty smelling, and uh, uh, it opens up to uh, to the staircase that leads down into the uh, bottom floor. Uh, meanwhile, Roy and Pete, you kind of are leaning up against the the back windows uh, to the ground floor. So anyone who's at the general store, you can roll an observe test. Uh, my high is a seven. I got a 12. I got a two. So Pete and uh, Roy, they're up against the window. You kind of hear some movement, uh, some voices. You hear like a muffled like, and then someone being like, hush him up. They got to be around here somewhere. You saw him go to the inn? All right. It's only a matter of time. They're going to be coming here. We made a pretty big deal of uh, showing up. Uh, is uh, Clayton in position at this point? Yeah. Clayton, are you trying to get up close to the guy or just trying to line up a shot with your rifle on him? I'll, I'll get up close enough where I'd have a good shot, and then I'll let, them know I'm about, I'll let my comrades know I'm about to take it. And then once I clear the problem, uh, as they bust in, I can take up spot and provide overwatch. Okay. So yeah, it seems like all of you guys are going to do this uh, ambush around the same time. Um, so uh, we're not going to roll initiative yet. Clayton's obviously going to take a shot on this uh, sniper. What does everyone else do? Uh, I'll sneak down the stairs as best I can, you know, getting a getting a good view. Can I share my, my like vision over this telepathy? You sure can. Okay. As soon as you think to do it, Everyone, you kind of just like get, it's like kind of weird. You're seeing an image in your head, not really in your vision. And it's, and it's, uh, Juliet's point of view. <laughs> uh, so I, I take a, I take a quick look over the, uh, the store 
see if I can't like, you know, just kind of like, like a, like a kid on Christmas, just sort of like looking down through the stairs. <laughs> yeah. So you kind of peek just in that uh, small like corner where the stair separates from the ceiling of the ground floor. And uh, you get uh, a site. It is a rather small store. It's got like uh, a little circular um, countertop uh, in the center and then a, uh, a couple short shelves that make not really you couldn't really call them aisles because really only one person would be able to stand in them but they kind of line the walls in the back wall uh you see the two windows that um roy and pete are by and inside the store you see kind of shoved down on the floor uh behind the counter is a man you presume to be the general store owner his his hand he's like basically hogtied and and gagged and Ducked inside that counter space with him are two members of the Walden gang. And up against the front door nearby one of those windows is uh, another member of the Walden gang. Two of them seem to be armed with double barrel shotguns. And the one up at, at the front uh, has, a, has a rifle with like an extended magazine. Yeah, I'll go after him. Is one of them like actually pointing or threatening the, the, the shopkeep? One of them is like kneeling on him to keep him still. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set up to shoot that guy. I will very, very quietly and carefully slide the window up and uh, line up my shot on the last fella. Uh, all of this happens at the same time. Once you all kind of choose your targets, they show no sign of knowing you guys are there. You have the jump on them. Uh, so go ahead and everyone roll an attack. Uh, so how much damage does everyone deal? The enemy does not get a dodge test because they are unaware of you. I'm going to spend grit to punch it, increase my accuracy by one, making my damage 24. Okay. Roy, uh, how much damage did you deal? Uh, I deal 20 damage with four piercing. Okay. Juliet, how much damage did you deal? Uh, 15 damage. I have not shot my other gun yet. <laughs> and Pete, you said you were punching, right? Or were you going to lasso him? Um, I think I'm on a lasso because, uh, it sounds like the others are dead or close to it. It's, uh, three hits. Okay. So that's a rating three grapple on that guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, and he does not resist the toxin. Uh, <laughs> so you squeeze the, the rope tight and the, the poison begins to seep onto his skin. Simultaneously, Shots ring out one far away uh, where Clayton is. Clayton, you just uh, you just ease your finger on the trigger and shoot a small burst at this guy. And uh, uh, he's like kind of well covered. You know, he's got like a, a blanket over him with like a dirt and rock sprinkled on top. You know, good camouflage. But uh, you just pop three shots into that and his the shape of him under that blanket just goes flat. And Roy, you release an arrow it goes flying straight into the throat of one of the guys pinning him against the countertop uh and he like struggles a bit to try and like pull himself free and then goes limp uh uh from it and juliet you take a shot at the guy who's kneeling on the shopkeep uh and he gets blasted back against the countertop um he is still alive but you do have your second shot and pete your guy is still alive i will uh in fact shoot my other gun okay that's another 15 damage with two piercing. Yeah, you fire both guns at him and uh, uh, both shots 
hit him uh hit him square in the chest he bounces up uh, or bounces off against the uh countertop and flops down the shopkeep begins screaming with the dead body laying on top of him like struggling against the ropes uh the guy with the rifle uh, uh struggles against the lasso first i want to um kick the rifle out of his hands Okay, so Pico's rushing in and runs up to the guy. Uh, you can go ahead and roll an unarmed attack to try and disarm him. It's at a minus two. Okay. My high is a ten. His is a nine. So you managed to knock the uh, knock the weapon out of his hand. Uh, and then I think to Roy, um, hey, run up and stop me from doing this. And I, uh, I like cork myself back, ready to unleash a very very big punch at this guy. Uh, and I I will dart forward and and just grab grab badlands pete's fist and 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 hold it back looking incredibly strong and dashing in the process (laughs) 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 Uh, and i'll say whoa 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 pete hold up hold up and i'll look at this guy and like hey you're gonna talk to us right my friend pete here he ain't gonna punch your head into the sun right you know tell us what we need to know (laughs) uh go ahead and roll manipulate uh, you can have a plus five uh, because of you heroically rescuing him from Pete and also the fact that all of his friends just got shot dead in a blink of an eye. Uh, my high is a 15. <laughs> uh, he, got, he got no hits, so. I have four net hits. <laughs> he struggles against the rope. You see his eyes are kind of dilated. He's starting to sweat from the, the toxins seeping into him. Uh, and he like kind of leans back sees sees the head of his friend who's pinned against the countertop like kind of laying there bleeding on the countertop and and he's like jesus yeah yeah whatever you want to know whatever you want to know go ahead then roy before i do something i won't regret real quick i'd like to uh check this front door make sure it's locked make sure we ain't gonna be disturbed uh yes they they did have a locked door it seemed like their plan was to either shoot through the door or shoot through the windows as you tried to and also snipe you from the outside all right. Well, it seems like we uh, done bypass this locked door then. Yeah. Yes. Everyone can get an XP for that. And uh, I chose not to fight someone I believe I could have beat. Yeah, that's an XP right there. <laughs> while they're while they're taking care of this uh, lasso gentleman up front, um, I'm going to like go and help the shopkeep if I can. You pull the body off of off of him. He's struggling. He's looking at you wide eyed, tears in his eyes. Uh, and you like ungag him and start cutting the ropes. He's like, thank you. Thank you so much. I thought for sure I was a goner. Uh, everything's going to be okay. You just like lay, lay there, catch your breath, calm down. You're going to be fine. What's your name? He like starts like hyperventilating a little bit. And then like you ask him his name and he like his breath like steadies a little bit. He goes, Hiram, Hiram Phelps. Hiram. And this is your store? Yes. Yes. And these and these men, they they came in last night and and I've been tied up for so long. <laughs> it's OK. Do you want me to help you upstairs to your apartment so you can take a lie down real quick? He like sits there. He's like kind of trembling and like and like then he looks around and looks at like the bloody like mess around him. And he nods and like puts an arm around your shoulder. OK. Uh, and I say soothing things to him as he uh <laughs> uh, slowly goes up the stairs and I lie him down and I don't know, get him a glass of water and <laughs> Yeah, you start taking care of Hiram. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Meanwhile, Roy and, and Pete. So here's the list of things that you're gonna tell us so my friend doesn't punch you so hard you turn into pink mist. Uh where is your gang's hideout? How many uh 
numbers your gang. Any sort of unique things about the hideout that we should know? You know, like I'm counting on you to sort of fill me in. Don't make me ask you more detailed questions, all right? Uh, and uh, have you ever heard of legendary outlaw Roy Hampton? <laughs> he goes, uh, um, there, we don't have a, a stationary hideout. We, we bounce from town to town mostly, take jobs in the, in the, in the badlands for more often than not, but sometimes in, in the garden as, as well. Uh, but we don't, we don't have one hideout. Uh, and, and if, if you're going after Charlie and, and Harry, yeah, that is correct. Well, they're going to Tobias Station, uh, the, the way station uh, to the west of here. Couple days ride. Uh, you might be able to catch him if, if you go now. All right. All right. Well, that ain't the answers to all my questions. It was a lot of questions, mister. I'm trying to be helpful. What were some of the other ones? Uh, just, just refresh my memory. All right. Uh, what kind of preparations has, has uh, Charlie and Harry made uh, for our coming? I assume you are not the only fellas they done put in our way. The gang's pretty scattered at, at this point. They, they have a few men with them, uh, a handful. I, I think they took six of them. Uh, the, others, the others went, went on uh, a different path, uh, trying to give you guys a, a, a false trail. But, but Harry's got a new gun. His, his gun got all shot to shit on the train. He's, he's got a new gun. Uh, and, and, and mines, mines. They, they, they're, they're planning on, on laying mines on the path there. All right, all right. That's all good. Uh, you know what? I, I got... I got a rock in my boot. I'm going to go over there and, and, and fix it. I'm going to leave you here with Pete just for a minute uh, while I go fix this. All right, Pete, behave. And I will go five feet away and, and turn away and adjust my boot. <laughs> he, he sits there and was like kind of trembling and doesn't doesn't say anything to Pete, doesn't make eye contact. Um, I, I, uh, I think to Roy, did you want me to scare him or did you want me to tear him? I'm going to have you knock him out in a minute, but like this guy done kidnapped somebody that, uh, you know, I was enjoying their company. So like he can afford to be a bit uncomfortable. I, uh, hmm. He takes a, a piece of jerky out of a jar on a shelf and uses the serrated edge of his uh, knuckle duster to cut some strips for himself and eat some jerky. <laughs> Just like sitting there eating some jerky, staring at this guy, like every crunch of the jerky, he kind of winces. Mm hmm. All right, I'll 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 come back. Uh, you know, the, them rocks out here in the Badlands is why I like to stay in, in the cities. So, you know, sand, it just gets everywhere. Uh, and uh, uh, so uh, you didn't answer my last question. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. What, what, what was it? Have you ever heard of legendary outlaw Roy Hampton? <laughs> <laughs> Who? And I will, like, pull down my bandana and, like, reveal my face. Well, you have now, and I'll think to Pete, knock him out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna punch him. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to roll for it. He is he is subdued, tied up. You just uh, step in and clock him cold, and he slumps down onto the ground. You can pull the lasso off of him. I don't know if I want this guy to not be dead. There is a sheriff. We could take this hooligan over to to meet justice. Almost as if on cue, uh, fr from your vantage point. Clayton, uh, you see the sheriff's office door burst open and a sheriff and a deputy uh, uh, armed with a, with a rifle and, um, and a shotgun uh, and armored uh, begin making their way towards the general store where, where shots were fired. 
I relay that information to my friends while I pick up and inspect this rifle that was left behind. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty great uh, hunting rifle, uh, modified with with a nice scope, uh, bolt action. Uh, and also, there's a, a radio here, and you and you realize that the radio, like, there's probably a, a twin down in the general store. So he was in he was probably in communication with the uh, with the bandits in the store. I think I'll grab that as well, and also the tarp he had that could be useful. Sure thing. So the 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 sheriff and the deputy are moving up on the general store, and they go, "Come out, hands up! I ain't want no trouble." Uh, I will gently open the door and and sort of saunter out to talk to local law enforcement. Hands sort of like not totally raised, but like up, you know. That's far enough. Uh, howdy, you you uh, I take it are uh, the sheriff, yeah. He taps the the tin star on his chest and goes, "Yeah, you're right there, sir. How many you got in there? Is uh is Hiram all right?" Well, Hiram uh was uh being held hostage by these dead Walden gang fellas uh overnight. So uh, he's probably been tied up oh six eight hours while you've been over there in your office, sheriffing. Uh, we done uh, cleared up the, your Walden gang problem. We got one of them alive in there. If you want to like question him or whatever, but uh, we got a kidnap case we're working, so we're gonna be moseying on out of town. If that's all right with you. How many you got in there? Well, there's the alive fella, and then there's the two dead fellas, and then there's my posse. And uh, we are going to, again, as I said, be moseying on out of town to keep, uh, sounds like doing your job. He kind of like bristles at that and goes, now you listen here, young man, as far as I know, you, you're fixing to, to bushwhack us as soon as we walk in here. So how about you come out out here in the street, keep your hands up and high, and your friends come out too. Hands up high, no hands on weapons. We'll sort this out all nice and clean like. I do, and I, I have my hands sort of out, uh, almost like a shrug. <laughs> the deputy goes, Jesus, get a look at that. Look, get a look at that one, Sheriff. <laughs> Hands like a little bloodied and like, and just like a, a imposing figure of a man. So I ask Hiram if he wants me to stay with him or if, uh, if he's all right. He, he has this, he goes, uh, no, I, I, Sheriff Rogers is a, is a good man. I should come out and, and talk, let him know okay. how you helped me. All right. Uh, uh, here, take take my take my shoulder, and we'll we'll work we'll walk down the stairs together. Okay. And uh, he walks with you, uh, and you come out last. And as soon as they see Hiram kind of using you for support, uh, the sheriff and the deputy both like kind of instinctively lower their weapons. The sheriff puts a hand out and like lowers the deputies even more. Uh, and he he holds his his shotgun out to the side, like hand on the on the pump, uh, and then and then goes all right. All right, we all friends here. Hiram, you all right? He goes, yes, uh, everything this young, uh, this young man said is, is true, Sheriff. Uh, I owe these three my life. I give the sheriff my best winning smile. <laughs> <laughs> and the sheriff goes, all right, well, then, I suppose thank yous are in order. You say you got, you got a, one of them bandits inside there? Uh, yeah, that fellow slumped up against the window there uh, is alive. Jack, go check that out. And uh, the deputy like nods and says, "On it, sheriff," and goes past you uh, into the into the house. And uh, the sheriff kind of like you know holds his shotgun casually and walks up to you, uh, Roy, and he goes, "Well, you got a mouth on you, boy, but 
you done good here today. So we'll see to it that that that, that bandit in there is is hung by the neck as is right by the law. Uh, well, all right then. We gonna go save the day, and I start uh walking out towards Tobias Station. He sees you start walking, and he, he just like kind of turns to Badlands Pete and goes, "The hell's with this boy? Who does he think he is?" <laughs> He's legendary outlaw Roy Hampton. And uh, as you begin walking away, he goes, "Wait, outlaw?" And like, and like, looks, <laughs> <laughs> and looks around a little confused. See, and like, uh, Hiram kind of reaches out to put his shoulder, uh, his arm around the sheriff's shoulder. The sheriff like moves to like support Hiram. Yeah, uh, he's eventually going to be taken into uh, to where uh, the bounty's going to be paid out. He's a uh, not go. He's not going to make any trouble for you. He's just a thief. He like sits there for a second, kind of processing what you said, Juliet, and goes. But he's leaving town, right? <laughs> that he is. Uh, we're we're continuing on our way. And then you hear the deputy inside being like, "It's a fucking bloodbath in here, sir." <laughs> <laughs> You're not y'all ain't leaving town yet, are you? You know we got rides coming here soon. Again, as if on cue from your vantage point, Clayton, uh, you kind of look uh, like you kind of point in the direction of like where Waypoint is and like glance and you see uh, speedily moving, kicking up dust as she comes uh, is uh, sugar, uh, bright red against the 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 matte like orangish brown of the Badlands. Uh, and beside her galloping uh, uh, is uh, Sadie. Uh, I'll think back to Clayton like. Damn, Clayton, can you just come meet us with, with the animals? I feel like I made like a real good exit, and you don't get that all the time. And I ain't about to walk back into town. <laughs> no. <laughs> so so if you're going to try and catch these guys, uh, you guys are going to have to like ride overnight. Right, because they're presumably going to set up camp and not run their and run their animals like and not run their animals really hard. But for in order for you to be able to catch them. Uh, you kind of gotta, you kind of gotta push through. Uh, otherwise, they'll make it to Tobias Station, and Tobias Station is one of the last halfway decent trade hubs this far out into the Badlands. Beyond Tobias Station, to the west, is mostly uninhabitable wilderness with a few scatter, uh, scattered settlements of various quality. And as a vibrant trade hub, once the Walden brothers get there, they could hop on almost any form of transportation and get anywhere on Manifest. Uh, plenty of air travel comes to and from uh, Tobias Way Station. Well, crap. All right. All those five spurs for nothing. We'll meet you in the middle of town. Well, hey, no, wait. I feel like you're sort of missing the outs- outside of town. <laughs> Whatever. Frustrated by Roy's need for dramatic, <laughs> dramatic <laughs> tension. Uh, <laughs> All right. Uh, just to be clear, I've openly defied an authority figure. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you are openly defiant of the sheriff. Congratulations, we are level nine. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys uh, meet on the other end of town. Uh, Clayton, you're able to kind of like think towards um, Sugar, and you watch her kind of getting like kind of a sense of you change her course of direction and and Sadie follows in suit as they are both very well-trained animals and uh they swing around the outside of town and pick you up uh Clayton and then you meet the rest of your posse on the western edge of Bitterhook and um Juliet Sadie rushes up to you and nuzzles uh, against your shoulder oh hey girl she's panting a little bit having 
keep having kept up with uh, an Ache. Obviously, the Ache wasn't going full speed, but. <laughs> uh, yeah, I tell her she did good. I like rub her down a little bit so that she's, you know, her muscles don't get all uh, sore and everything. Make, she, make sure she has some water on the edge of town. There's probably a trough. Uh, and, uh, and uh, yeah, then I'll uh, check her saddle and and uh, we'll climb on. Okay. i get some sugar smooches and uh, get ready to travel. Roy, you're with me? Uh, if you insist. And I hop up on the back of Sadie. Come on, Pete. I'll hop up on the Ache. Cool. Uh, you all climb up. Look west. Uh, the sun high in the sky and you uh, kick forward your mounts and begin uh, the begin the journey to try and catch up with the Walden brothers before they make it to Tobias Way Station. And that's where we'll end this session. This podcast has been brought to you by ENPC Productions. All rights reserved. The Essential NPCs podcast is affiliated with and specifically approved by Tommy Cotton. Manifest, the RPG, is property of Tommy Cotton, all rights reserved. For more information, go to www.manifesttherpg.com.